the Panhandle News Network. The views and opinions on this station do not necessarily represent the Panhandle News Network, WEPM and WCST, or West Virginia Radio Corporation. It's Panhandle Sports Live. Crossover, step back! Where the Eastern Panhandle of West Virginia comes to get their sports live. Is this the Tiger? It is a great night to be a Mountaineer wherever you may be. Agent back to pass, rushed out of the pocket, throwing it downfield. It's into the end zone. Here are your hosts, Jordan Nice Warner, Luke Wiggs, and Parker Stone. It is Tuesday the 27th. You're tuned in to Panhandle Sports Live. I'm Jordan Icewinner. Alongside me, Luke Wiggs and Parker Stone. And Panhandle Sports Live is brought to you by Mountaineer Kitchens and Baths. Since 1995, Mountaineer Kitchens and Baths have delivered distinguished remodeling services to our home community of Martinsburg. From new construction to remodeling, Mountaineer Kitchens and Baths can design your new kitchen or... Bath. Bath, that's right. Their talented designers can bring to life any concept you'd like to create. Check out MountaineerKitchensAndBath.com on Facebook, or you can visit their showroom at 967 Hedgesville Road in Martinsburg. What's up, fellas? That was some Door of the Explorer. I was, I was about right to say, there. I sounded like a kid in preschool again saying that. <laughs> it's all right. Hey, you brought you brought the energy I was looking for there. I appreciate it. Got to bring it early. We're waking up, getting back into the swing of it. and Yeah, sadly, it looks like the Giants are going to be having David Seals as their number one receiver for the rest of the season, so... I love David Sills. Did you guys know that David Sills once played quarterback? No way. And he got an <laughs> offer at uh, 13 years old from USC. Crazy. No way. I, I'd I've never heard that in before. In a group chat the other day, was, I thought that was the last time I'd ever have to hear that. It was four years ago. They said it like <laughs> nope. six times last night. Nope. They were going for bodies yesterday. Aikman and um, uh, the execrable uh, Joe Buck were terrible, but they were just they were taking everybody out with them. Yeah. And apparently um, the Manning cast got a little a little uh, frothy there too, I think. Did at some it? point, I didn't did watch it. any of it. No disrespect, Parker. I did not watch the uh, Monday night game. <laughs> I, I, but people okay. are saying people are saying the honeymoon's over. Well, here's the thing: they play Chicago next week, and Chicago's not very good either. So that if they lose to the Bears at home, then yeah, the honeymoon is officially over, and mm-hmm. we can settle in for a top ten pick and hopefully get a new quarterback. But we'll see. If they beat the Bears here, I think it's a good sign. And I like what Dable's doing. He's having them compete while not having a very good roster. That's something our past two coaches didn't do in, gosh, who was it? Joe Judge and I think Pat Shermer were the last two coaches the Giants had. Those two coaches, they just lost. They're like, all right, we're just going to pick high. Brian Dable and his staff are actually competing, which I love. They got a great core going on right now. Kayvon Thibodeau got to play for the first time this season. Super excited about him. He looked great. Uh, Evan Neal, the other first-round pick we had, he struggled a little bit against the Cowboys' pass rush, and well, most of the offensive line outside of Andrew Thomas struggled against the Cowboys' pass rush last night. Mm-hmm. They they brought the heat; they were insane. But another Mountaineer got exposed yesterday too. Glowinski got eviscerated yeah. by Micah Parsons on that blitz up the middle. Poor yeah, guy. yeah. Glowinski didn't have a very good game either. The whole right side of the line's got to improve on that end, and then it's just the production right now. I again. I don't think Daniel Jones is the guy. I I tried my hardest to believe in him. I just don't think he's the guy. I, he's paranoid under pressure. He can't make throws when he needs to. And yeah, and that on, on top of that, there's a, a seventy-two million dollar hanging fruit in killing Kenny Galladay, mm-hmm. who they want to get rid of. But well, we'll get into the Monday night game uh, here after a little while. But I want to talk a little college football because the Rams are moving up uh, the charts. And before we get to talking about Shepard, I was scrolling through Twitter this morning, and uh, Luke, you might understand 
the story I'm about to bring up here. Because when you're watching international soccer, sometimes you got to go through the loops and you got to try and find different ways to watch games, right? So every once in a while, if I can't, maybe I don't have a login for this streaming service or can't find this this game, uh, it'll be on a, you know, on Telemundo or be on a Spanish broadcast. So I'll watch it. I'll know like maybe... 3% of what they're talking about, but then I can Just understand it. Yeah, and then, but then I can kind of understand what's going on with the flow of play. Uh, but I came across two uh, clips from the Spanish broadcast of the Oregon game from Saturday and the Kansas game from Saturday, uh, and they're amazing. This first one is from the Kansas game. And again... Just so you don't think you're losing your mind on a Tuesday morning, this is the Spanish broadcast uh, of the Kansas and the Oregon game from over the weekend. Buscando un pase, Jalen Daniels pasa a Hisho, Hisho la atrapa, Hisho se la lleva, Hisho primera, Hisho se la lleva por la 50, se sigue corriendo, no se ha caído Daniel Hisho, Hisho sigue corriendo, Daniel Hisho, Daniel Hisho nota touchdown para los Kansas Jayhawks, Daniel Hisho. So that was a, a long touchdown run for the Jayhawks, breaking a bunch of tackles and uh, getting all kinds of energy going there in the stadium. I uh, got to meet that guy, uh, believe it or not. It's La Mega is the name of the radio station, 100.5 of FM. I just looked it up at the Big 12 tournament because he does basketball as well. Fantastic guy. And his voice did not get that high when I met him. Uh, so <laughs> congratulations. Shout out to him. Well, and then in the Oregon game, the Spanish broadcast had, I mean, this is, I think, up there with the long either goal calls in Spanish broadcasts or the long home run calls because the quack quack at the end of this is perfect. Será segunda y cuatro. Oh, termina por ser interceptado. Adiós. Quack quack. Quack quack. Se derrumbó el equipo de los Cougars. Masefuna. Man, if I ever was at, like, calling a game that had a duck mascot, I would say quack quack all the time. Especially like that. That's perfect. The intensity he said quack That's quack. That's what like I was that. saying. Quack I had, quack. I quack, heard quack. the Kansas one. I hadn't heard that one. I wasn't expecting the quack quack to have that much violence quack, behind quack. it. Quack quack. <laughs> yeah, I love it. I love it. Uh, but anyways, uh, two uh, pertinent news here in the panhandle. Uh, the Shepherd Rams. Uh, and in English, too, by the way, because you don't want me to start speaking Spanish because all I know are curse words, and that'll get us off the air fast. Uh, but your Shepherd Rams, they're climbing up the poles, fellas. They're up to four, uh, moving up a spot after that big win against Kutztown and going into a big game against Shippensburg. Are the, uh, I guess, pollsters, are they starting to kind of be put on notice, starting to realize what's going on in, there in Shepherdstown? I hope so. Yeah, yeah, moving up to four in the AFCA poll, uh, which is important. Coaches starting to give them more respect as they've gone through they're in the midst of the gauntlet of their schedule, we would argue, as they continue to win games and teams around and try to drop or start to drop games. And I think a lot of it just comes down to um, how they're winning these games. People knew Tyson was great or is going to be great this year. Struggled his first couple of games, but then his back-to-back just sub-500 passing yards games. He's putting people on notice. Statistically, offensively, this team is great. Problems in the secondary we can talk about later on in the week, but you know the the stats are starting to prove it from a non win loss standpoint, and I think it's starting to reflect it in coaches polls, media polls, uh, and whatever uh, as the, the the season goes on. No, absolutely, this team's dynamic to watch. Tyson, as you mentioned before, he's finally piecing it back together. There's been times where the first couple of games there's a little bit of slow starts, trying to get things together, and then Tyson's exploded the past couple of games, and he's back to prime Harlan Hill Award Tyson Bajan. Ronnie Brown's added a, a dynamic to the run game. It's been very impressive. Granted, last game, the run game didn't get going for the Rams. They didn't need to really rely on it. And the defense, the front seven's been fantastic, I think. Kyle Smith's come to play. He had a great game against Kutztown last week. The pressure's been there. 
Dwayne Grantham's been a wonderful addition on the linebacker side. And the two concerns I would say for the Rams right now are mainly getting the rushing game going because the last couple games really hasn't been there. You're facing tough defenses and the secondary that was ranked towards the bottom end of all of not only the PSAC, but all of division to that secondary has got to start piecing things together and something as well. Finding the ways to get it started early because it seems like they always start slow and the last thing this team needs is to run to a buzzsaw late in the season. They bring it to them early and they can't come back and bring it. Well, we're seeing it with Marlon Cook. I mean, a big, a bigger receiver in this conference can, you know, if they have, if they're on a good day, they can have a big day because it seems like the secondaries are notoriously, you know, undersized in this conference. So, uh, and Shepard being one of those teams also where we do have an undersized secondary. So that does make me nervous getting a little further on in the season because that's pretty much, uh, well, with the exception of um, Barnhart quarterback there for Fair State last year, it's kind of what had Shepard, what saw Shepard come to an end was the fact that, you know, the secondary gave up a couple big plays here and there and that Tyson just couldn't bounce back and score the points when he needed to. Yeah, and I think to wax poetic for a second, what becomes a Division II football is you have a surplus of offensive weapons because everybody coming out of high school is a wide receiver um, and you know, a, a lack of talent on the opposite side of the football. There's more fringe D1 wideouts than there are D1 defensive backs, at least in my opinion, because a good defensive back is going to get found sooner. Uh, Marlon Cook, by the way, now leads the nation in receiving number three is Martinsburg's very own Gerard Bowie for the undefeated Concord Kitties. Woo! Um, but but you're right. Uh, they were exposed last week by Cap, one of the best receivers they're going to play all year. Every single week, uh, two weeks ago, um, in that game against Cal, the guy's name escapes me, number nine, uh, eviscerated them for yardage on the ground. They're 158th out of 163 teams in Division II football in passing yards allowed. So they've allowed the fifth most passing yards in the country. Um, Shepard has and a lot of it has to do with not being able to take away number ones giving up big chunk plays now to parry that they've got one of the best red zone defenses in the country which is fan, uh, just a mm-hmm. weird thing to think about I think a lot of that has to do with zone coverage and being able to have the assignments and drop linebackers into coverage when you get inside the 20 we could talk about that on a later show uh, but you're right uh, they're getting picked apart by number ones because of these big oversized uh, fringe D1 wideouts but they're doing the same thing on the opposite side of the ball with Marlon Cook. Yeah, no, I agree. Marlon Cook, he's having a breakout season, and it's good to see, too, because he's had to work pretty hard to get to where he's at now, especially after a little bit of a uh, step-back season last year. Uh, and like we talked to him last week, I mean, uh, he's had to work to get that relationship, and he got to work to be able to get that attention from Bajan, uh, because once he finds the receiver he likes, he's going to look at that guy nine times out of ten, then, of course, he goes through the rest of the checkdowns and things like that. But he's going to look at you first, and that's definitely what Marlon's uh, starting to shape up to you. It was Alex Wetzel last year. Now it's uh, Marlon Cook, and he's definitely putting together one heck of a season, that's for sure. They are moving up to four in the coach's poll, which is uh, pretty neat, up one spot. And it uh, makes that Shippensburg game even bigger because now that target just gets bigger and bigger and bigger on their back. Uh, Shippensburg at 2-2. Two and two, They got like a redshirt quarterback that's had a pretty good start to the season, but he's not nearly as dynamic as Messina was last year. So, uh, of course, that uh, adds a little wrinkle to it. It's a rivalry game, so uh, on the road, it's going to be packed and. Uh, like you all were saying, it just gets more important as they continue on and as they keep climbing the rankings, which uh, hopefully they do. Oh, by the way, the rest of the uh, poll, Ferris State, number one, uh, GBSU at two, uh, Angelo State, the other Rams at number three. Of course, your Shepard Rams at four, and then West Georgia at five. That is your top five for NCAA Division Two football. But stick around. We'll be back with more Panhandle Sports Live on WPM and WCST, the Panhandle News Network. Welcome back to Panhandle Sports Live, part of the Panhandle News Network. 
Welcome back to Panhandle Sports Live, brought to you by Mountaineer Kitchens and Bath. You can visit them at mountaineerkitchensandbath.com on Facebook or at their showroom at 967 Hedgesville Road in Martinsburg. I'm Jordan Ice Warner, alongside me, Luke Wiggs and Parker Stone. Before we get back into it, oh, uh, we forgot to mention too about Shepard. Bajent Brown, again, getting weekly honors. And uh, yeah, the, the team is just. It's incredible the amount of talent they have there in Shepherdstown. And uh, don't forget, Thursday, you can come out to uh, uh, Captain Bender's in Sharpsburg for the Ernie McCook Show. It's definitely going to be a fun one. I'm going to try and hopefully uh, kind of bend coaches here enough to get Marlon Cook in there because he's going to be a pretty fun uh, player interview, that's for sure. But real quick, Washington, they won the Golf Regional. Uh, them and Martinsburg are going on to the state golf tournament up in Wheeling. So shout out to those kids. I was always jealous of the uh, golf team in high school because uh, their practices was just going playing around the golf. Which I thought always sounded a lot better than getting beat up at football practice or standing out in the sun uh, all day long. But shout out to Washington and Martinsburg going to the uh, WVSSAC State Golf Tournament. And, and shout out to Andrew Taylor. Shout out 76. He won the event in their regional by four strokes against one of his teammates. And we're going to hopefully have uh, either Daniel Woods or Joe Bracado here on in the next couple of days to talk about uh, the State Golf Tournament, which I believe starts today. Um, up in Wheeling. So congratulations to them. And I also wanted to really quickly mention another local news. Colin Horowitz of the Jefferson Baseball Program committed to play at uh, the University of North Carolina. So nice. another D1 yeah. baseball commit coming out of the panhandle. Is, uh, and coming out of galore. Jefferson. Exactly. Yeah. Shocking. Yeah, yeah. No, go Shocking. figure, right? North Carolina, that's a big draw. I feel like, I you know, know, there's a couple of schools I feel like you never really see for certain sports out here. Like who, oh, I should have thought about this more before I brought it up. Uh, oh, it was... Um, Michigan with uh, the running back in Martinsburg. I can't remember his name right now. Or not necessarily the running back. He played tight end too, or uh, oh. quarterback too. You put me on the spot. I know. Yeah. I, <laughs> I, hey. You lost me. This is great sports radio. Uh, I know. But anyways, he he was started getting looks from Michigan. Mm-hmm. Like you never see Michigan down this way, right? Yeah. For recruit situations because you got West Virginia, Maryland, your Penn States and things like that. And seeing North Carolina up here with some baseball, I feel like it's always Radford and Davidson and things like that are out this way. It's cool to see these big teams or these big schools, uh, you know, taking a look up this way a little higher up. No, for sure. Yeah, it's definitely great to see some more D1 talent come out of the panhandle. And we'll have to see how Horowitz is going to do over in UNC and hopefully tear it up. We'll have another panhandle kick get drafted into the majors. That would be pretty neat. Be pretty neat. And now I got to find this. Why can't I think of this kid's name, Luke? Murphy, when did Murphy Clement? That guy, the yeah, Mur- out of Michigan. Oh yeah, you mean yeah. recently? Uh, yeah, like only recently. I was yeah. trying to think of like who was their running back in yeah. 2008. Yeah, no, Murphy yeah. Clement went yeah. and visited yeah, yeah, Michigan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Had a picture there. with Harbaugh yeah. and uh, he got the uh, the the cleats for the fastest uh, forty time among That's quarterbacks. Cool. Yeah, pretty cool. But yeah, Murphy. Goodness, I could not think <laughs> Murphy of that Clement. Name. Yeah, Murphy. Shout out Murphy, friend yeah. of the program. Absolutely, That's pretty cool. I mean, those are some big time schools. I can't even. I couldn't even imagine being an eighteen year old kid running out in well, front of the big house for the first time. You know, that reminds me. I was just watching the other day because uh, I hadn't seen it since I moved out here. Obviously, it came out in twenty seventeen. Uh, the documentary they made about Martinsburg football, uh, the uh, addicted to winning, and. Um, and now I just forgot his name. The defensive end that went and visited Notre mm-hmm. Dame when the midst of all that was going on and they filmed him, um, who just put his name into the transfer portal, was at WVU the last couple of years. Uh, but it is crazy to see players, you know, you're playing on a high school football field. I don't want to use another EPAC team to embarrass anybody against University High, for example. And then you're going to Michigan to meet Jim or Mr. Harbaugh. You know, it's, it's, it's crazy to see these athletes succeed. It's cool, though. It's very neat. You always want to see them uh, shine as bright as they can. Shine bright like a diamond, if you will. Thanks, Rihanna. Shout out, Rihanna. I'm telling you what. People, I was talking to somebody the other day. They were like, Yo, I was listening to the show, and it was kind of crazy how fired up you were about uh, Rihanna's Super Bowl at halftime. I was like, that's going to be fire. 
Tavis Lee, by the way, was the name of the defensive end. Tavis Lee. <laughs> I know. We, we want to get our names right today. I know. I'm looking at that uh, that team from 2018, that 2017-2018 Martinsburg team. Um, Stacked. Dude. Bowie's I, the, probably the best wide receiver in Division II football right now, not named Marlon Cook. Tyson Bajan. Tavis Lee, again, visited Notre Dame. And Grantham was on that team, who for a brief time was obviously going to WVU and then changed plans and is now one of the best linebackers in Division II football as well. That's crazy. They all play together. It's like a mini college team. If you look at it, just so much college talent there. You talk about like your Alabamas and your teams like that saying, hey, this is like pro NFL talent. They had like, it was like Jalen Hurts, Mac Jones, and Tua all playing in the NFL. They all were in a quarterback room together. This this Martinsburg team from like that era is kind of like that. A bunch of guys at so many different positions that are exceeding either the, the Division One or the Division Two level. It's it's turned into a powerhouse. It's a high school powerhouse that pumps out college talent. That's what the Bulldogs have really become. Yeah, and that it's fun to watch. It's been fun to kind of see that. Uh, well, I guess the transition really started before I was even born with Martinsburg football turning into the dynasty. But to see them hold on to that success for as long as they have has been uh, pretty impressive. You're not going to see that too often. You're not going to see that too often in a uh, high school program. But let's start talking a little Monday Night Football while we got the chance, Parker. Overall, uh, not the worst game. I mean, it was exciting. Had some big plays here and there, but not the way that you necessarily wanted the outcome to be. Well, at least it was better than the Sunday night football game. I'll say that off the bat. That, that, that game was horrendous. But, yeah, there was some good things. There was some bad things. And then I think it's safe to say this might be a little hot of a take. Saquon Barkley's once again the best running back in football. Okay. he's He's looked excellent. He's explosive again. He's moving around good. I'm really excited. I'm really happy Saquon's playing good again. He's healthy. He looks good. I'm really happy with his play so far this season. Not not only saying that because he's on my fantasy team, but Saquon's been looking fantastic so far. The bad right side of the offensive line looked pretty rough. Evan Neal is taking his licks. Of course, he was the number seven overall pick in the draft this past year for the Giants. He's he's taken his licks as a rookie, and I was telling myself, listen, our left tackle Andrew Thomas was this way as a rookie. And he built himself up, and now Evan, Evan Neal's going to do the same. Evan Neal's a fantastic player. Some people had him as the best player overall in the draft, and we got him at number seven. So I'm excited about that. Kayvon Thibodeau, the number five pick in the draft that we got from Chicago. He played his first game this past week. Impressive, looked good. He's going to be an exciting duo with Aziz, Aziz Ojolari. And overall, just finding the pieces, Sterling Shepard is looking like he has a significant knee injury. Probably going to be a torn ACL from what it looked like on the field, but... Yeah, the biggest concern right now is going to be wide receiver play because there's not too much going on out there. Kenny Galladay had a very crucial drop towards the end of the game. Kadarius Toney can't seem to stay healthy. David, Sill, David Sills looks like he's want to be one of the better receivers on the Giants roster, which love David Sills to death. That's not good. That's not good at all. The Giants really need receiver help bad, and it's starting to look more and more like Daniel Jones isn't the guy. And they said it on the broadcast for Monday Night Football. I think it's the same. When a team decides not to pick up your fifth-year option as a quarterback, they've kind of already made their decision. So we'll have to see how the season turns out. Of course, the Giants have Chicago this next Sunday. We'll have to see if the uh, the Cinderella story is over for New York or if it's going to go on for another week. I think the biggest concern, though, with Jones in the beginning of this 2-1 and one start is the Giants might throw themselves into draft purgatory, Yeah, uh, which means that they're going to end up picking into double digits instead of being able to get a, you know one of the top, a Stroud or a Levis or whatever, and then you're weighted against, was it Michael Penix we were talking about before we came on the show I'd today? I'd say, like, mate. I'd say if you maybe have to trade up for him if he yeah, keeps going well, but, but like Will Levis or like Michael Penix, Anthony Richardson, if you want to reach on a guy who has potential. <laughs> but that's, but that's my point. When it comes down to, let's say you're picking it 
12 and you don't want to give up some of your young assets to move up in the draft, then you're forced to give Daniel Jones a bridge contract because you're like those options better than reaching on a quarterback or getting somebody else like Marcus Mariota, who's yeah. not even going to be better. That's the kind of concern when you get off to a start. I mean, if you turn around and make the playoffs, don't get me wrong, you're, you don't care. Mm-hmm. And then Daniel Jones resigns anyways. But I'm afraid that this is one of those hot starts that now you're going to finish the season with seven wins instead of five, and you're going to pick it 11 instead of four. And you're going to struggle then to replace Daniel Jones as a quarterback. And you're going to take a big step back if you let him go and then just be terrible next year. So that's my only concern with the Giants. And obviously, as much as we hated, that was a big win for the Cowboys to right the ship because Dak, they said, can come back as early as next week. I don't think he will. Mm. I think since Rush won, they'll give him at least one more game. And I'm just irritated to death that I stayed up to watch that for fantasy football purposes because CeeDee Lamb needed to stay under 12 points. And he did until that last drive when he uh. made the crazy one-handed reception and then disgust. I just turned the broadcast off and went to bed. It's three hours of my life. I'm never going to get back. <laughs> Well, 23-16 is that final score. Cowboys win, and they both move on to 2-1 and one on the season. And by the way, the Giants need to wear those throwback jerseys every year Clean. or every game. They're beautiful. They're the best. Those are my favorite Giants jerseys. They're Way so better. Good. Way better than the ones they normally do. But stick around. Uh, we'll be back with more Panhandle Sports Live on WPM and WCST, the Panhandle News Network. It's Panhandle Sports Live with Jordan, Luke, and Parker. Tweet the guys at EP News Network. Welcome back to Panhandle Sports Live, brought to you by Mountaineer Kitchens and Bath. You can visit them at mountaineerkitchensandbath.com on Facebook, or you can visit their showroom at 967 Hedgesville Road in Martinsburg. I'm Jordan Ice Warner, alongside me, Luke Wiggs and Parker Stone. Of course, football season is in full swing, but so is baseball season as it's starting to really heat up down the stretch. And the Orioles are trying to, uh, well, get back on to that uh, winning ways that they were on there for a few months. And, well, they got back into it a little bit last night with a 14-8 to win that ended just after midnight uh, that you can, of course, hear right here on 92 point, or on 92.9. <laughs> on 93.7, 92. 1340, WPM, WCST. Uh, among others, uh, Gunnar Henderson out here hitting just nukes. Absolute nukes. And he hit one to center field at uh, Fenway last night. And if you've uh, ever seen Fenway, if you've been to Fenway, you know that center field, not too many people hit home runs to dead center field. Uh, but your boy did. Whoops. What was that? Oh, it was the highlights from the game. He wanted to come out. Not the highlight hi. we wanted. But, yeah, uh, but Henderson comes out and he gets him an 11 to 5 lead after this two run home run. And he cracks this center field and deep. Way back there. It is long gone. Oh, my goodness. What an impressive two-run shot for the rookie, Gunnar Henderson. That got out to center field in an instant. That was a monster shot. And Is boy, that the plague? What in the world? <laughs> See, okay. Right at the start of that. <laughs> and, boy, he hit that pretty dang hard uh, to center field. But the Orioles, they got that young core that continues to impress as they continue on this year. Yeah, they've been rolling, and while the deficit is closing, and that's big to get an away win because the O's have struggled on the road this season, it's big. Now, granted, it's going to be tough. It's going to be very, very difficult for them to make their way into October, but it looks like, is this the last stretch of the year? Is this the last series for them coming up? I think so. No, they've got the uh, the Yankees and the Blue Jays. They got those as well. Okay, so it's, you got to really take that, You realistically, you want to sweep that Jays series. You really do. And then you got 
the vaunted Aaron Judge home run chase going on right now, too, which is coming up on your schedule if he doesn't get it against Toronto. But, yeah, it's looking like the O's. And, again, I've said this multiple times. If they don't get in this year, there's nothing for them to be upset about, hang their heads on. It's been a fantastic year for Orioles baseball, much better than what anyone thought coming into the season. There's a lot of hope for this team. Again, Cedric Mullins had a great game. He homered on the second pitch of the game. He looks fantastic. Rutschman's played really good. He only went one for five for last night. But, again, he's been a spark plug for them at the catcher position and is arguably already the best catcher in baseball as a rookie, which Mm -hmm. is insane. Mountcastle, he went over two, but Mountcastle's been building more and more ever since he got caught up a couple years ago. Gunnar Henderson, he's been a wonderful addition to those lineup. You got guys still – I could go on and on and on. Jorge Mateo, Rubene Odor, Kyle Stowers, who got called up recently – it's just guys on guys on guys that are going to be coming up for this O's organization. And then, again, D.L. Hall It's a left-handed pitcher the O's have. They have him working in the relief right now. He'll probably be a starting pitcher next year. Grayson Rodriguez is the best starting pitcher in the minors right now. He'll be up. He'll probably be there opening day 2023. So the sky's the limit. If they don't get in this year, they're for certainly going to get in next year, barring a massive collapse and loss of culture going on. And you came up with this stat. Uh, they're going to finish over above five or above 500 for the first time since 2016. So, yeah. you know, the fact that you're able to win more games than you lose after picking first or, or, or close to first in the MLB draft the last couple of years is a crazy turnaround with the talent that they have and the way that they can win games in a variety of different ways. Felix Bautista coming in uh, seamlessly to that closer position. And then you just nabbed one of the top prospects in baseball. Um, excuse me. In uh, Jackson Holiday, so yeah. you know it's uh, it, it's a good time to be an O's fan with optimism on the horizon. Now you've got to root for a little bit of chaos in this division. You need to hope that the Red Sox are still bad. You need to hope that the Rays are continuing to not be able to retain their talent. You got to hope that Aaron Judge leaves in free agency. Um, and that you can go toe-to-toe with the Blue Jays, who also have a young core. Obviously, the biggest thing keeping them back from the postseason is the teams that they have around them in the division. The Red Sox can spend, the Yankees can spend, the Blue Jays are young and talented, the Rays are young and talented, uh, but so are the Orioles. And they've got cap room, and they're starting to generate more money from this season because people are going to games and caring about them. They're still three and a half games back. I don't expect them to make the postseason, but you know, you rattle off some wins here in a row and teams start to falter in front of you, and you never know. Uh, so I would be happy right now if I was an Orioles fan with the state of this team and the state of the trajectory of this rebuild. And right now it's looking like a battle between the O's and Seattle for that last spot. Seattle's 83 and 69, Orioles 80 and 73 right now. And then the Rays are in the mix too. They're just a half game up on the Mariners. It's really between those three. The Blue Jays, I think, have all but locked up that top wild card spot. Yeah. They're 87 and 67. So mainly it's going to be those three. Yeah, and tell me when the last time you heard this, the Orioles leading the overall season series with the Red Sox 9-7. Coming crazy. up the last three games of the, the series for them. That's crazy. Who would have thought that coming into this season? Yeah, but they're on at 7-10 tonight, so tune in here to WPM uh, for that. Now, uh, hot take, is Aaron Judge, is he waiting to get back to New York? Because uh, after this series uh, in Boston for the Orioles, they head to New York to play the Yankees. He's just waiting to get that home run uh, at home in front of his home fans. I don't think so, because not only does he want to get 61, he wants to get 62 and 63 and 64. Nobody's pitching to him. Why would you? Nobody wants to be the guy to give up that home run. Um, but why wouldn't you? If you're playing, if you're on a team like yes, they're playing against teams right now that are like trying to win these games. They're in chase. But if you're like coming up against the Orioles, maybe I guess they're still trying to get in the chase too. I'm used to the Orioles just being bad all the time. But I, what's the big deal? I mean, he's going to hit a home run anyways. Yeah, if, you if just it's don't a one, want it if be... it's a one run home run, just do it. And you're in the history books too. 
In, in a sense, yes. <laughs> I mean, why if, not? If you want to look at it that I think way, Ralph yeah. Franco go gave it the shot around the world. I, I, I think he doesn't want to be remembered for giving up Bobby Thompson's shot heard around the world. I but don't why know. not, dude? Why not? It's a home run. He, he's already <laughs> hit sixty of them. He's hit he's hit sixty other home runs off sixty guys. Why not you be the one that and then he'd be like, yeah, I gave him a meatball to just let him get it over with. <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking I, I wouldn't want to do it if I was a, a pitcher in the nah. major leagues. I'm going to say this. Him. You got too much self-pride for that. I wouldn't walk him, but I would pitch around him. I say he gets to 61. I say he doesn't get to 62. As as heartbreaking as that is, I think he ties Roger Maris. I don't think he breaks it. I just, I don't know. It seems like it seems like once he gets to 61, people, people are going to want to pitch around him or walk him. It seems crazy. I, th- I saw a stat, too, on Twitter. It said Judge has been walked uh, 18, intentionally walked 18 times. Barry Bonds, when he set that uh, home run record, he was walked a hundred, intentionally walked a hundred and twenty times. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there was some crazy stats from the Bonds era that if you just, if he just walked, if he didn't even hit a home run or anything, you just kept his walks, was still one of the most efficient players of his era, because that's how afraid teams were to pitch to him. Which is crazy. It's just crazy. Shout out to the juice, I guess. That's right. So Aaron Judge, one for three last night, two walks, two strikeouts, batting leadoff too. They're yeah, they're trying. getting him as many at bats as they can. And he's get him in. out of his shoes. You know, it's just it's 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 a deadly combination. Man, he's had a heck of a season. Three fourteen yeah. batting average, four twenty two on base, six ninety five slugging percentage. Ooh, and when he hits that ball, when he squares one up. It's incredible. I don't know how the ball stays inside the cover. Yeah, yeah, it's insane. And guys, we were talking about younger teams as well, and the Orioles, another young team that's got a lot of potential is the Marlins, and they are getting rid of their manager. Well, he's stepping aside. Don Mattingly, he's going to leave. He's not going to return to the Marlins next year. And crazy enough, I saw this. He's going to leave with the most wins in Marlins history as a manager. I did not know that's that. That's an indictment of that organization. Yeah, he's and he has a losing record overall, but he has the – I think it's like the lowest win percentage of managers in uh, Marlins history. But he's going to leave with the most wins in Marlins history, and um, that's going to be an interesting job to take because you've got a a guy who's contending for a Cy Young and Sandy Alcantara. You've got Jazz Chisholm who's going to be back healthy next year. You've got a lot of young pieces, a lot of good prospects coming up. Yuri Perez, who's another great pitcher in the minor leagues for them right now. There's a lot of young pieces on the Marlins team, and that's if they can find a guy who can mold that team, they could be good in a stacked NL East. So. That's a job I think it's going to be a hot commodity come this offseason in baseball. Well, if you're still looking for your baseball action, you can get it right here at 710 this evening or tonight. I can't ever tell when evening turns into night in terms of time-wise, but at 710 is when first pitch is. You can catch it right here on WPM and WCST, the Panhandle News Network. Uh, transitioning back towards football, well, we got a couple games under the belt right for D1, and we're really starting to see what guys are starting to stand out and shine above the rest. So who do you think is in the running? Early doors, early doors. Uh, for the Heisman so far. I was talking about this with Luke this morning. I said three guys are probably coming into contention for me. I think the favorite right now is C.J. Stroud from Ohio State. I think he's looked fantastic. He's arguably going to be the number one overall pick in this next year's draft. He's looked good. Ohio State's looked dominant. Arguably, he's the best team in college football right now. The uh, darling pick is uh, Hendon Hooker from Tennessee. He's looked pretty good so far. And funny enough, I've, I've seen Hendon Hooker play when he was still at Virginia Tech. And... How the strives he's taken. Somebody said like the amount of talent Virginia Tech fumbled in 2020. It was like they had like Hendon Hooker. They had like three or four guys that are dominating on the power on like the big college stage right now. They're they're everybody's like wow Virginia Tech really fumbled that bag with all that talent they had. I'd say Hendon Hooker's another one and another team to look forward to. Well, two guys out of the Pac-12 I really like. 
Caleb Williams from USC, and keep an eye out for Michael Penix Jr. out of Washington. The Huskies have looked really good. It's been the first time Washington's had a passing offense, I think, since maybe Jake Locker, and that's maybe even putting it at a stretch. So those four guys, I think right now Stroud's the runaway favorite, and then you've got Hooker, Penix Jr., and Caleb Williams in that mix. But don't count out Will Anderson either. Yeah, I was about to pivot right to Will Anderson. You know, I know uh, a couple of different Heisman voters, and they all have one thing in common. They always like to put the top defensive player of the year on their ballot. Yeah. There's ever a time for a defender to win the Heisman. 20 tackles already, 7.5 for loss, 4.5 sacks through four games. And this is a linebacker that's 17.5 sacks last year. Uh, he was the shout. I was going to say him and Penix as well. I mean, it's Stroud's to lose right now. He's got the best odds, and it's not particularly close. I think it's just plus 150 right now. Um, but if I were going to shout anybody else out, it would be Penix. And I really do like Will Anderson um, because we've seen – he's not quite as athletic. He's a different type of linebacker. But there's some similarities, I think, between him and Micah Parsons as a team is going to bend over backwards to try to take him in the first 10 picks of the draft. Um, and I would be – thrilled and i'm sure you would as a giants fan too although i know you want a quarterback that if our organizations were to take him in the nfl draft we would be just thrilled with him being a game-changing defender so that would be the shout on the defensive side of the ball hey don't forget about uh adrian martinez fellas k-state <laughs> he had a good game against oklahoma jt daniels is plus fifteen thousand, i think last time i looked hey, so if you want string runs the table you never know hey Kansas State runs the table. You never know. Kansas <laughs> State runs the table. They Kansas State WVU Big Twelve Championship game. That'd be electric. Too Jordan, bad, I got too some bad WVU is not going to be there. I have What's some up? homework for you. Go online, look up uh, Adrian Martinez from Nebraska highlights, and then no. uh, tell, tell me tell no. me what you tell me what you think once nope. you see in, hey. his Nebraska highlights. No. Now he's Manhattan. Don't care about his past. <laughs> <laughs> don't care about his past. Now we he's move in on. Manhattan. We, we move, move on. on. He's purple and white now. Dang it. That's right. That's right. And who wants to play in Nebraska anyway? He wants to be a Cornhusker, right, right, right now, nobody. Exactly. <laughs> no one. That's what I'm saying. Uh, but we've got to wrap things up here in a bit. They're here in a bit, so stick around for a few minutes. And we'll be back on Panhandle Sports Live on WPM and WCST, the Panhandle News Network. Panhandle Sports Live, your home for sports in the Panhandle. Here's Jordan, Luke, and Parker. Welcome back to Panhandle Sports Live, brought to you by Mountaineer Kitchens and Baths. You can visit them at mountaineerkitchensandbath.com, or you can visit them uh, on Facebook and at their showroom at 967 Hedgesville Road in Martinsburg. I'm Jordan Ice Warner, alongside me, Luke Wiggs and Parker Stone. And Parker, I am uh, a little behind here, so I don't have your audio for your Parker's picks. So, what are Parker's picks? <laughs> That's what they call beginner's luck. There you go. Boom, 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 boom. Well... I'll say this: What we got for our bonus picks, we'll we'll give you the uh, you load up the audio, and then we'll get the lock of the day when that <laughs> yeah, happens. So my uh, we're gonna turn to baseball again today because we don't have anything during the week but baseball. Now, definitely when basketball season that's right around the corner, we should have some fun Parker's picks with that because we'll hit over unders on points, rebounds, assists, points, rebounds, and assists. Basketball is gonna be fun for Parker's picks, so stick along for that. But Bonus picks for the day include Phillies over the Cubs because the Phillies are fighting for that wild card spot, as well as I like those Cardinals over the Brewers. I think the Cardinals might be the team of destiny out of the National League. They might not be the best team, but there's something about the Cinderella run with Pujols, Molina, and Wainwright that makes me think they're going to go a little bit deeper than what a lot of people think in that National League. And now for your lock of the day. Yeah, well, that's called beginner's luck. Luck, 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 luck. Yeah, I like to call this my lock of the day. Prove it, it's never fails. Never failed once. 
And for lock of the day today, I'm going with the first time winning the AL Central since 2018. Cleveland Guardians to beat the Rays today. I'm liking Cleveland a lot for the playoffs, guys, too. I don't know what it is. If Shane Bieber can get himself rolling, they got Tristan McKenzie. They've got Jose Ramirez, who's fantastic. Andres Jimenez, who's had a big breakout season for them. Josh Naylor's look good. There's a lot of things about the Guardians I like. I don't know what it is. I don't think they're going to go. It's kind of like maybe the Cardinals in a sense. I don't know if they're going to go all the way, but I think they're going to maybe shock a team or two come playoff time. I like the Guardians to beat the Rays today. And I, I, you know what? I think they're going to beat them by two runs. I think they're going to beat them by two runs. I like the Guardians to at least beat the Rays today. If you're feeling a little wild, take that spread possibly. Did, did you already say how you did yesterday? Yeah, we uh, we went perfect yesterday overall. We hit the uh, the lock of the day, of course, was Tony Pollard hitting over on rushing yards. He did that on one run, actually. So <laughs> that was <laughs> that was that was fantastic. He finished with over 100 yards rushing, as well as Daniel Jones hit his under for passing yards. I think by five yards, he hit, he was like 196. And then the Michael Gallup pick was a void. There was uh, no Michael Gallup playing in that game. But another pick I had was Saquon Barkley being an anytime touchdown score, and that one did hit in the third quarter. So another round of perfect picks for Parker. If you won, congratulations. Keep using those slips. And if you win, tweet me your picks. Let me know. Tweet us at EP News Network, your Parker's picks. If you win, tell me. If you lose, tell me why I suck at picking. Let me know. (laughs) Careful. Careful with that. Don't let people start uh, coming at you telling you how much money that you're making them lose. And again, and again, disclaimer, bet bet only the amount that you can afford to lose. That's right. Bet responsibly. Yes, bet responsibly. Or visit 1-800-GAMBLER. Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. There you go. There you go. If you're looking for anything. Hashtag well, PSA. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Stay safe out there, especially when you're betting. Um, but yeah, we got a few minutes left, fellas. Uh, anything else? Oh, by the way, those listening, uh, if you got any family, friends down Florida way, uh, specifically Western Florida, Give them a call. Make sure they're doing all right. They got that big old hurricane getting ready to hit. It's going through Cuba right now, and I think it's going to hit uh, the west coast of Florida tomorrow at some point. Uh, and then I don't think it's going to be going anywhere for a few days. So if they haven't evacuated, make sure that they're safe and sound and ready to go because that stuff sounds terrifying. I was uh, – where was I at? Down there in North Carolina, South Carolina, somewhere on the – Beaches when a hurricane a couple years ago came through, we were right on the beach when it happened, and it was the most terrifying night of my life. And it wasn't even a bad one talking to the locals, so I can't even imagine uh, having that on my doorstep. Yeah, certainly. Yeah. Thoughts and prayers. Obviously, we all know somebody that's down there in the area, and I hope everybody stays safe. Absolutely, everyone. If you're in Florida, if you're listening from Florida, if you're listening, you got family in Florida. Make sure you reach out to them. Make sure they're okay here the next few days. Really well. Anything else out on the sports world you guys got your eye on? Yeah, I wanted to shout this one out. A uh, little soccer talk here at the end of the show. The Faroe Islands are islands right off of Scotland. They're in the Danish kingdom. Listen to this. People don't care about the, the, the Nations League or whatever, but listen to this crazy stat. So they beat Turkey yesterday, who are 1,726 times larger in terms of population. 48,000 people live in the Faroe Islands. 84 million people live in Turkey. And it's 562 times bigger in terms of surface area the biggest disparity in population and a soccer team beating another soccer team in history. So the Pharaohs, they call themselves, their biggest chant is they just hum the uh, the Tetris theme song over and over. Uh, they beat Turkey uh, in the Nations League yesterday 2-1, to one, and they have the longest unbeaten streak in their nation's history at four games. The Nations League's been a ton of fun. So nice. there you go. There you go. Love that. What about you, Parker? You got your eye on anything out there? Um, Yeah, first thing I want to mention is the uh, unnecessary shot that uh, Troy Aikman <laughs> had against Indiana football last night. That was a uh, shocker. It was, uh, it was a play, I think it was about 10 minutes left in the fourth quarter. 
they were talking about the uh, I think it was the tight end for the Cowboys who was filling in for Dalton Schultz. He got a pass, and he was like, and then Joe Buck was saying about making Indiana proud, and then Troy goes, "Well, it doesn't take much." And then it's me, like, "Well, I shouldn't have said that. That was that was mean. That was mean." And then the uh, other thing that just popped up, the uh, let me see here, was that was that what I thought it was? Uh, maybe that wasn't what I thought it was. Never mind. Never mind. But <laughs> well, yeah, what was it? Now I want to know what it was. It, yeah, it was uh. It was some guy. I thought it was a guy around the Panhandle. Some a uh, labor leader, Jim Bowen from the uh, West Virginia, died. Oh, hmm. yeah, he was eighty-seven. Well, let's stick so. around to Panhandle Live after this, and we'll uh, probably, <laughs> there you go. Probably was, chat that it wasn't. Out. It wasn't what I thought it was. So I was yeah. like, oh, oh, never mind. We'll probably here's check a, that one out. Here's something else. This isn't exactly soccer related. It just came across an article I was reading. Is a sporting director at the new MLS team in St. Louis. Listen to this. They call him the most interesting man in soccer. He's a former goalie. He's played in all six FIFA confederations, which means he's played on all six continents. While playing in New Zealand, he borrowed a penguin from a nearby colony and tried to keep it in his bathtub as a pet. He was revived on the pitch after a violent collision in 2012, and he also spent six months in a Singapore jail after being wrongly accused of match-fixing. So it's a really long name that I'm not going to try to pronounce, but he works in the MLS right now. came across that small autobiography he wrote a book by the way which i have to read after seeing that it's just the crazy stuff that comes out of the sporting world so there you go especially max match fixing i can't say that in singapore no less Mm. singapore now this is what i actually wanted to bring up now this makes sense sadly it's another death related thing but the uh (laughs) the uh the field house at shepherd it's uh bears the name of uh, ken boone he sadly passed away Mm. over the weekend so Mm. thoughts and prayers to ken boone's family and a big thank you to all he's done to support shepherd athletics over the years absolutely thank you ken boone may you rest in peace absolutely Absolutely. Well, I think that just about does it for us today on Panhandle Sports Live. If you've been staying the show, you can listen back to it a little bit later on over on our Panhandle News Network Facebook page and over at EP News Network on Twitter as well. But for Luke and for Parker, well, I didn't tell you guys what I was uh, looking forward to. And there's really yeah. nothing, honestly. <laughs> Nats suck. Uh, Ravens are great. They don't play until Sunday. Uh, Shepherd's great. They don't play until Saturday. Hey, you got Cycling's done. Got Dada. Cycling's pretty go. much done for right now. The World Championships are over. Um, Remco Vanderpool won that. Shout out. Youngest guy in a long time. 21 years old. Ooh. Yeah, wearing the uh, rainbow jerseys. But anyways, for everybody else, Jordan Ice Winners has been Panhandle Sports Live on WPM and WCST, the Panhandle News Network. Panhandle Live is next. We'll talk to you tomorrow. CST Berkeley Springs, a WVRC media station. We're proud to live here too.